This week I had the great pleasure of speaking with Anthony James, who is the host of the Regen Narration podcast, which really focuses on the regeneration of life on this planet. It was a great opportunity for two uh, meta-nodes to have a meta-discussion about what I and Anthony see from across the range of people that we talk to in our respective podcasts. Um, again, we looked at systems and those that are serving and those that are not serving us. And Anthony talks about um, how development means a period of unraveling first, the gentle stripping of old frameworks and, and, and how to be solid in that, how to be solid in, in the wilderness within. He also shares this beautiful story uh, from Archie Rose about the elders that are sitting around the campfire waiting for us to come home and that has uh, significant meaning throughout this conversation. We also talked about the need to tend to conditions in which rather than solutions, dissolutions come about. Again, this idea of unraveling. So rather than trying to unravel, just tending to the conditions that allow that to happen. This was um, a fantastically delicate but powerful and strong conversation. There's a lot of sense of humour, particularly listen out for Anthony talking about um, lasting change. That comes up to a giggle a number of times. There's, um, there's so much more in this and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. So enjoy Anthony. Hello and welcome back to WA Real. I'm your host, Bryn Edwards. Today I have the great pleasure of speaking to fellow podcaster, Anthony James. Anthony, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bryn. It's very good of you to have me. Thanks. Well, you have me here at your kitchen table. Indeed, welcome. <laughs> Indeed. So as I said, you know, fellow podcaster, you've been uh, producing the Regeneration podcast mm. for a few years. Um, I was particularly interested and excited to talk to you because I'm big into sort of meta-analysis and I find that for those that have been in the podcast game for a while and are quite focused and probably focused in a way that's um, investigatory and it's linked to learning and things like that as opposed to just doing it for a marketing commercial front of which there's many um, you then become almost like a meta node because mm. you get to dive into all these different people. And you've had some, you've had some really cool people on your podcast, you know, ranging from you know, big names like Zach Bush and Tyson Yonkerporter and Nora Bateson. And, you know, they're the three that stood out to me personally, um, which says a lot about me. Um, so yeah, I was really excited to get the opportunity for almost like one meta node to have a chat with another meta node so we can have a meta meta discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Look out. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. So we spoke recently and, and I asked you what was going on. And one of the things you were saying, you were talking about this almost like constant evolution and transformation that's going on for you at the mm. moment. I think that's a good place to start. Mm. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Mm. Yeah, it probably is a good place to start because wherever you are, there's obviously a context to it, and um, and that's part of the meta thing, mm. isn't it? Really being able to, whatever you're looking at, be able to look at what's shaped it 
and what's given rise to it. And mm. so what's giving rise to this conversation or part of what's giving rise to this conversation, at least this party of it, yeah. is is uh, yeah, particularly intense time around dad's passing a couple of months ago. And, and with that, a, you know, I was, on the one level, the ongoing process with the podcast, which similarly I just feel incredibly grateful for in terms of being in that position you describe and and mm. and speaking with these people who perhaps otherwise I wouldn't get to speak with mm. and with the sort of an open end and with the license to be open um, yeah it's, and so you know this very well it's it's I mean, I didn't necessarily think this right through at the outset. It's quite... <laughs> you the, never do. <laughs> no, and probably shouldn't either. Yeah, that's a whole unfold. Thing. We could talk about that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, probably key to all the best things in my life, actually, is, is that. But, um, yeah, it's turned into this extraordinary gift and a bit like an intensive course all the time. Mm. Um, in the best possible way, I love it. But it does mean then that it does feel like I'm really shifting and growing in myriad ways um, I guess quicker and more mm. profoundly than I would have otherwise um, so match that with this acute experience of dad's passing and then mm. and then I felt like I guess again consistent with everything we're, to, we're talking about we're going to talk about they couldn't be held apart yes so the first podcast for this year inevitably a little delayed had to infuse this experience yeah. and so i ended up doing a monologue of sorts for the first time in my podcasting mm. experience um and and really shared some of the meta some of the systemic aspects of of a man's dying that um in some ways are sort of liberating and in other ways are systemically devastating with mm. the way the system's working that's terrible it's not working at all which of course isn't a secret to most of most Australians at the moment because it's all over the news the way the aged care system works but um, but I sort of drew threads then through other systems and then the culture and the way we set these things up and so I guess yeah for me it's been an, it's a doubly intensive time of where, where mortality and generational shift mm. is very present um, and that's part of then, I guess, perhaps what other people have experienced. It, is it standard? I don't know. Yeah. I expect it probably is that if you're open to it anyway, that when a parent passes, you feel a bit of a, uh, a chunk in the cogs. It just goes bump and you, I certainly feel mm. that sense of stepping up or needing to step up. It's my time to step yeah. up and take more responsibility and when i say that i mean for people and place yes. slash planet like step up in your custodianship become a grown-up yeah yeah well another level of isn't it so yeah. it's not elder yet yeah um but it's not and grown up i like to think that you know my initiate my rite of passage or whatever that i have to self-navigate a little early that's another story yeah um we may or may not touch on that 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 was a while ago so at this point in my 40s it's just it just means another yes within that spectrum another shift so yes that's a bit of 
the maelstrom that I'm swimming in at the minute. And it has been a bit dis sort of orienting um, where otherwise I might have a little more control on it. Hmm. But with the death of dad, it's been a, and the sort of harrowing nature of it, it's been, it's been a bit, I've had to, had to look for the reins at times. Hmm. But, uh, but here we are and I feel blessed and it's good to be talking about it. Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah, because it's very easy when you talk to all these great people and you have these top quality conversations and I find that each one leaves a little imprint upon you. And then, as you said, it, that then gathers a momentum which accelerates this exponential growth. And then there's almost, there can be this hubris that mixes in, that comes in, which is like, oh, wow, because you can feel the growth. You're like, oh, I'm obviously going somewhere. But then it, life can come in, yeah. like with your father or something else, and just yeah. take that apart. Totally. And good. Yes. Hey? Because, you know, if you were to boil down <clears throat> our malaise and our opportunities, they, they do, well, they can come down to a few qualities and, and hubris is amongst the ones that are our undoing and humility is amongst the ones that are the way out mm. or the way in, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. So... So good that it does that. I mean, I often think the same thing when, when machinery breaks down. As much as, I don't know, it happened the other day, something happened, it was a total, that's right, it's, um, important email correspondence with someone in Melbourne who I was hoping for something from. And, uh, and I, you know, a couple of weeks, she's normally bang on to it. So a couple of weeks go by and I think, well, geez, that's unusual. Maybe something's wrong. I, are you okay, Rara? And she said, yeah, I'm okay. Um, just... Didn't get your first email, then got an auto email that you that you didn't even set up. This from a year ago or something, and, and that wasn't even the date you sent. The one you did set, complete, you know, machinery, yeah, boggle up, yeah. Um, and it was just another one of those moments where you go, inconvenient, yes, but on the bigger picture level, reassuring that the machines haven't got control. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and but nor have we by by extension, like yeah. We are not living a mechanized existence as much as we might try at times. I find that that's actually reaffirming of our humanness and, and nature's wonders and, and, and what's beyond us, that there's the great mystery is alive, you know? Yeah. So long may those jagged edges that, that can puncture any sense of, um, you know, having control of things, um, long may they live. Yeah, because. And what comes up as I was listening to you there was, so I went, I went to a English boys boarding school, mm. which was hugely regimented, right? And the days I loved the most were snow days, because they just threw everything into disruption. All mm. of a sudden, yeah, nice. you know, all of a sudden you weren't in the playground, you were doing this. Maybe, maybe your mum and dad came and picked you up a day earlier, or if that, if it was close to the end of the week, and the first call I went to, or there would always be disruption. Mm. And then coming out of, because I, I felt, maybe not the mechanization as in the machine, yeah, yeah. as in Literal. Yeah, like yeah. machine, but as in the, the behavioral mechanization. Right yeah. And so that had had the 
the, 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 the spanner thrown into it. Yeah. And, and I just loved it. And, and then leaving school, we would get snow days when it would disrupt work and all of this sort of stuff and in England. And it was like, everybody would be like, oh, I can't get in the car and I can't do this. And, this hmm. and there's, always, there's, there's always this felt sadness for me usually round about the second or third or fourth of January when everyone's had 10 days off work and they've just chilled out or they're doing the Christmas and what have you. And then, and the, but there's this incredible weighty sadness to me that everybody just seems to forget about everything and put the clothes on and go back to work and do the mechanization. Yeah. So I guess that's a long winded way of saying that that's one of the things I really, really enjoyed about last year. Or oh, exactly what I was That thinking. all of a sudden, yes. it illuminated all of this. And it held us in a place where we couldn't snap back for a period of time. You know, this time last year, we were just, oh shit, I've got to stay at home for a while. And everyone's scrabbling to try and grab a piece of normality that they knew, although that wasn't going to happen. And... Um, and yeah, and so it, it, it's at that mo those moments. I mean, the number of people I've listened to that say, oh, I had a two-week holiday on Rotnest. And then the last week, I was really remembering about how I used to like painting and I really wanted to own a coffee shop, but then forgot about it and went back to work on the terrace. And it, it's messing with those systems. Yeah, right on. And I guess one of the questions I was keen to investigate with you is, is we have these disruptions. Like we have them personally, whether it's passing of a loved one or snow day or mm. something like that. But for somebody who's delved into the systems that we have, what do you think it's going to take us to really hmm. and snap open some awakening? The short answer. Do you believe me that I'd have one? <laughs> no. Nope. The, the short answer, which is no answer at all, that's how I could have a short answer, is that it's up to us. Yes. Um, you make me think of a couple of things. Because COVID was precisely where my mind went as well. Yeah. And, and of course, around the world, they're still gripped by it. Mm. Uh, we can forget that here at times, particularly in WA. So well, we're locked in, not locked down. Yeah, yeah, right on. Yeah, exactly. And we, we're in a we're in a big state and we're on a big island. Mm. So you know you can you can. Mm. But anyway, arguably some of the best stuff has come from reconnecting with yourself and with place and your family and all that yes. sort of stuff. There's no doubt. And and I still, as much as it might feel like a cliche now, as we've snapped back in many regards. I mean, traffic in Perth now is twenty percent more than it was pre-pandemic, for example. And that, that's clearly a whole bunch of different reasons. Repatriation, whatever fears around PT, public transport, etc. But, But for whatever snapback, I, it's still true to say, I think, that people are reflecting or have reflected. They've yeah. been shift, it has shifted things. Mm. Um, and certainly some of the sites I saw in lockdown around here of families around coastal area walking, running at the beach was just beautiful. I mean, mm. dads with daughters that oh, I'd never seen before and, and everywhere it's wonderful it was a little snapshot of some of the beauty mm. that is on offer mm. if we can say actually some of what we're actually aiming for in life to achieve 
a development that's worth the name is we actually have achieved it. We're, we're there and we can afford now to smell the roses a bit. Yeah. And we don't need to get jobs and growth going again, rah, rah. Um, we can settle in. In fact, there's a, a, a lovely uh, expat Aussie in the UK wrote a book and was on the podcast because we hosted an event yeah. here in Perth with her, Catherine Trebek, The Economics of Arrival. Making yeah. yourself at home when you've yeah. developed. Yes. What are you growing for anymore? Yeah. Aside from, you know, staying on top of the heap and being able to quash people in war, but that's not development. So what are we actually trying to achieve here? Yeah. Anyway, so the other thing just to tie up before I throw it back to you is you triggered a thought about the brilliant researcher Rebecca Solnit. Right. Who has, who sort of became globally famous around the Hurricane Katrina. Yes. But she's done a stack of work before and since around what those sorts of smacks will yeah. produce. Because the whole thing around Hurricane Katrina, the shocking news stories were about, um, you know, black communities running rampant riots and looting and rah, rah. Yeah. And the reality, I mean, there were those bits on top, sure. Yeah. But the reality underneath on the ground was extraordinary resilience and connection and cooperation yes. and saving each other because the state had really abandoned them in many respects. Yes. So a heck of a story. But basically, she's then extrapolated a thread from all these different instances of disaster mm. where somewhat paradoxically but really not at all if you understand the dynamics that yeah. she's revealing is that when mundane life is punctured by these things yes it brings people alive yes how's that it brings people alive it triggers it triggers a a more acute and immediate sense of who can I help? Mm. What can I do? I can do this. I'm being useful. I mean, etc., etc. And I think there's something massive for us in that. It's to not seek, actually, to be too comfortable, mm. um, but to seek to be alive. And an old mate and mentor of mine used to call that saving the wilderness within, and I, I sort of carry that because mm. he was very close to me. And and I, I really liked it, you know, as a sort of a self-confessed greenie. But he said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in those forests over there in Victoria. It was over in Gippsland or whatever. Um, but mostly, and at the base level, like those forests will depend on the wilderness within you. Mm. And will you leave this room after being with me a little wilder, a little yeah. less predictable, a little less mechanised? A little less mundane, mm. um, and that would have that was success to him. And I, I still carry that torch. I reckon that's. I mean, if we're aiming for anything, mm. it's it's life, isn't it? <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Yes. It is. Um, I did read not so long ago that a disaster is described as one that breaks every day operating well you know what's interesting Deve what does development mean like let's just think about the word which I did a bit 20 years ago and I was studying, yeah, yeah. studying it in overseas and whatever I'm like so if envelop is to is to wrap up if you look up the dictionary develop yeah it part of it will tell you it's unraveling yes 
Isn't that interesting? Yeah. But we've got this whole, whole sort of other, I think, psyche around development, but maybe the actual meaning of development's not so bad for yeah. us. Then the unravelling, this then becomes... The challenge there is, and this thing I've been exploring recently, is, is managing your own nervous system to be able to stay open during an unravelling, mm. which creates quite um, an existential challenge. Mm. No doubt. Because if something important that you use to make sense of the world is unravelling, that can cause systemic overwhelm yep. and, and you know paralysis totally. or just, oh, we're not having this, it's too much. But if you stay open to that, then you start to tap into a more continually existing part of yourself that doesn't mind, and you separate out. So, you know, I've been playing, we were talking about borders, boundaries beforehand, and I found one of the things interesting is that as things come from being a subject to an object for me, subject means that they have me. So like when I was 18, my emotions had me hmm. um, frequently. But now I can delineate some and, and now they become objects and I can see them and I have them. They're still coming out, have a go at me from time to time. But you see my point. Mm. So as, as sense-making starts to become more of an object of curiosity for me and wonder, mm. then I can hold on to still um, a bit that's possibly beyond identity mm. and then open up to unraveling yeah no right on you you reminded me of in the beautiful conversation i had with charlie massey sort of regenerative mm. agriculture elder of sorts um in australia right now and we talked about this a bit and it it brought to mind a story that i was lucky enough to experience with after my mentor well as he was as it turns out ending nearing the end of his life but at the point at that stage it was just I was succeeding him into the teaching of the postgraduate sustainability stuff at university yeah and in doing that for a little while after he died as well there was we'd have students from sort of 25 to 75 even at wow. times yeah, it was quite wonderful and perhaps the oldest one ever and I think he was the 70 mark um he ends up saying something like, I feel like I've lost my language. I can't, I can't say, I can't even talk anymore mm. because what I'm instantly hearing is, is wrong. Like it's not wrong, wrong, but it's the, an older frame of understanding that he's left. Yes. But hasn't established hasn't another one yet. Got the vernacular and the semantics to describe exactly. that. Exactly. And and to describe the, the next frame that ideally you would then continue to evolve. You wouldn't... See. Yeah. I mean, the whole idea of lasting change. How do I create lasting change so that... Yeah. You still hear it a little bit in sustainability. Yeah. And it's sort of like, no, no. Actually, you want change. The art of change. Yes. Not a, not a lasting change. Because they're talking about not yeah. snapping back to old ways, but, but still not... That's not the goal. The yeah. goal is the art of change. How do you... It should be, I often thought it would be changeability, but I've since liked more what, what this bloke in my life, Frank, called his, titled his book, Response Ability, in two words. 
just how to respond to life and yeah and get better at it anyway so i said this to charlie and he was like from all his studies in the in the um cognitive end of the spectrum you know explaining why farmers change or don't or want yeah. to change or can't or you know and and that most have changed through trauma you know the old yeah, thing yeah. being punctured having the frame punctured before you can move it um not everyone but certainly most he sort of put it about 60 percent, and he, he just felt like that experience with that older guy that he articulated it beautifully yes the challenge of it and i guess then as people like me would be you know pinpricks yeah <laughs> would be punctures punk, 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 punk. that's right um that you your responsibility then is to make sure you're not stripping anyone bare or throwing them over a cliff edge or something you know hmm. um, in what regard well that you would bring about the stripping of their old frame yes where they've got a base yes for whatever so it's not overwhelmed and that you then um so successfully uh take them out of that Mm. and and that they are left feeling completely exposed overwhelmed don't know how to handle it don't even know where to go i mean these are these are processes where they're done well where they have significant supportive structures around them yeah whether they be, I mean, in regenerative agriculture, you might talk about an RCS Australia, a unit in Yapoon in Queensland, over 30 years have developed these peer networks where people carry each other from the courses they do, which break the world open. Yes. And then you're supported in a, in a, yeah. in a peer sense, you know, communities of support or whatever name you want yeah. to give them. But whatever it is that you've got to, you need that infrastructure, lest you actually make things worse. Mm. For individuals, but then by extension, a lot of us um, yeah. in in ways that you well described when you asked the question. So yeah, it's really important, I think. And and sure, you get better at it with that yeah, support. Yeah, yeah, And then you can. It's a virtuous cycle. Well, you recognise the stages, yeah. so you don't freak out during it. Exactly. Because there is, I find there is this. I'm almost noticing now. I know when there's a new level of 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 something moving from subject to object because I can feel the edges of it. Mm. It's causing me frustration and I can't articulate it. Yeah, yeah. And it, that's yeah. that transitional moment. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you read a book or or, or inter- have a conversation with somebody and someone will say something, you're like, that. Mm. And it's just like, Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But doesn't it feel good? That good, by the way. articulates this. Brilliant. Oh, now I can put my arms around it. Not, not because then it makes me feel safe, because then we're back to comfort. But then I'm like, now I can do something with it. Yeah, well said. No, I think that's it. Yeah, another guest recently, actually. Uh, and you have to be sensitive with people if you're sort of helping them along. That What is it? Um, I just came across the concept of optimal conflict, which, hmm. which has you at the edge of your sense-making, but it's not overwhelming, but also has the door closed behind you so you can't duck back out again. (laughs) The devil you know. Yeah, totally. You're in it now. No, that's right. Um, But Jesus is uplifting stuff when you you, um, get a hold of it. I mean, it's partly why people would have have beautifully got in touch with me in the last couple of months after Dad's passing and after the podcast I put out, which referred to it. And and, um, 
you know, how are you going, basically. And, and, wow. and yeah. I'm able to, thankfully, it never felt like the floor had dropped from under me. Mm. In, in the same way you're describing, really. So basically, it left me in a transformative space, needing to give it the time and all that sort of stuff, and brain wiring around something different so that I couldn't do normal sort of main mundane functional things. Yeah, yeah, and bypass it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The sort of energy was going to another realm. But um, And the way I ended up describing it for people was that I'm solid in it. Um, like that. That's just a way of saying what what you're saying. That what once you get practiced enough, there's it's just yeah, it's the wilderness within. It's a way that you can be alive mm. and not need to have a lock on stuff. Mm. Um, and it actually is a spur rather than a, um, a, a ball and chain or a, or a thorn in your side yes. it's actually a spur a way of being that is uplifting and makes makes your days quite wonderful and you know that's even in mourning I yes would, i would say that it felt like a blessing I mean, given that it happens right this yeah, is yeah. life hmm. um you can't sweep it under the carpet yeah no and, and and why would you there's now yeah there's another level of responsibility there's a there's another level of living out everything that you that you might value as well as plenty of stuff that you don't like don't get me wrong <laughs> yeah we had our journey you don't worry about that um and you know it related to some of your boarding school stuff that you'd spoke about in an earlier podcast because um, he was in a boarding school at age four and and effectively still in it to 26 because he, he followed the line and became a christian brother so he i was yeah. then brought up with such a with that sort of even though he'd left that yeah. sort of boarding school thing so plenty of stuff but it it feels ultimately rich if you can be navigating it in, in this way that's mm. amenable to movement at a deep mm. level. Yeah. I like what you said twice about um, being all right with the wilderness within because so part of where the focus for me inside and outside of the podcast has gone has been around complexity and looking at emerging systems um, and it's been quite a journey for me to I think I mentioned it in the previous podcast it's been quite a journey for me to even acknowledge that that's a capacity and capability that I have hmm. um, for I think I said before in a in in a large chunk of my management consulting career, I'd come home thinking I didn't get it hmm. because everybody was like, I, I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> you go around. Yeah. And then I realized that I've been speaking French to German people to use in the Yeah, language. yeah. Um, but the wilderness within, um, I've been playing or, or playing with the concept that to understand and be okay with the complexity of, of the interrelatedness of everything that goes on outside, I have to be okay with the complexity and the interrelatedness of everything inside. I think, I think someone pointed out, Plato referred to this as anagogue or something, whereby the more I'm all right with being with the complexity and, 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 and the contradictory nature and all of it of being 
human, then the deeper I can look into the outside world and then I extract more sense of meaning from it, which then gives me a greater sense of being all right. And it, the two just start to become deeper and you see further into the world and further into yourself. Beautiful. Have you encountered a similar thing? <laughs> totally, you've because, it. Because, you know, I'm aware of the, you know, that you've probably gone to the heart of this quicker with your, with your podcast. I've sort of arrived at it. I've been through the journey of listening to lots of stories and then also moving towards it. There you go. That's Does that make sense? No, it's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find, I find, I mean, the whole, everyone's story of how they get to these insights is bloody fascinating, isn't it? And it's, mm. it's for the very reason you've just articulated. It's bloody uplifting. Like, it's seriously... I mean, my life is a lot better now than it used to be in, you know, without it. Oh, the damage. You know, I look back and think, oh, the damage the, that I'd take back if I could. Um, and I mean mostly to other people, but certainly to myself. But, but yes, to, to be alive to this yeah. dynamic is bloody beautiful because, I mean, and to think we're barely scratching the surface, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's a bloody amazing world out there. It is. And it in is. there. Oh, and in there. And, you know, the more I see into one, the more I see outside. So then I start looking at nature. I start looking at, you know, the deeper aspects of agriculture through my work with vegetables when I'm not doing... Yes, of course. ...podcasting. Yes. And, 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 but then also macroeconomics and then politics and Bang. democracy. Yeah. And I start looking at things and they all start to illuminate. Yeah. No, that's right. It's a really lovely way to put it. And then, of course, you're connecting with other people in that same way. And then one thing can lead to another, th- as it does, is the yeah. way it works. Yeah. And not that it's all roses, because no. that's not the way it works. <laughs> you know? That's certainly in the case. It's, but you've, I guess, like I was articulating with Dad's passing, you've just got... You're, you're back in... All right. A little, a little story that I'll offer this moment then, um, by virtue of Archie Roach. Aboriginal incredible singer-songwriter over many a decade and certainly um, a cherished soul you know by I've never met him just at a yeah. distance um, seen him perform certainly and I saw him perform in Freo a couple of years ago I think it was a couple of years ago maybe it was last year I can't remember the whole warp of time around COVID but mm. he, cl- he pretty much closed this beautiful gig in Frio. With a, with a story about an old fire pit that had been found near his country in Vic. And the short of it is, I mean, I'll, I'll be paraphrasing probably very loosely, mm. but the short of it is that this fire, pa- fire pit was discovered and sort of excavated and but there was this extremely strong sense that the elders were still there around the fire Mm. as he relayed this story waiting for us to come home every time i even think of it it still gives me wow chills and at that moment i was like and so if the world the world whatever you want to call it Mm. is waiting and the elders and the universe Da, 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 God, even, if you like, are waiting for us to come home, then, of course, it's going to feel bloody awesome to be on your way. Yes. And to think that there is a, a welcoming mm. 
a nurturing, a community, like mm. a, a communing waiting for us, available to us in the world, not the world's out to get you. I better yes. get on top of this rat race. Yes. Or world's out to get me. I better put the wall up or something. You know, all yeah, yeah, these yeah. things that go the other way. Which Independent is what Republic done. of One. Exactly. And then by extension of Australia yeah. and, you know, the subs we need to buy or whatever. Yeah. $50 billion, whatever <laughs> crazy thing is. I mean, by extension this and by extension that, right? You go yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's what we're, that's our estrangement from home. Hmm. But, but that actually there's a, a, the prism on the world that is more akin to reality as far as we can perceive it is that there is a nurturing there and a home there. And any surprise, I mean, that's what we came out of. Mm-hmm. So the fact we've gone away, sure, maybe we needed to cut our teeth, you know, yeah. on some experiments. But, you know, we can drift back now. Mm. And I wonder it would feel good. I'm just feeling into that. Oh, me too. Yeah. You know, I get, I, I, I've found myself in the last couple of years being drawn more to, so, you know, walking amongst trees mm. and things like that. You know, I live in, I live in Bicton, so it's a lovely little walk along Blackwall Reach. And th- there's a particular area along there where I challenge myself not to be in my thoughts, but we with the trees. Because it's easy to go and walk Beautiful. anywhere and just be thinking yeah, about yeah. stuff. And, and several times whilst doing that, I, I then find myself just stopping and looking and thinking, well, not thinking, feeling into it all or presencing into it all. And then you're, you get a sense of there is something holding and waiting for us, despite the fact we're being petulant youth destroying the sandpit no right on yeah I just actually watched a documentary that premiered at the Transitions Film Festival um, online this year I actually ran that festival here in Perth and hoped it would sort of kick on but you know things have got away in the way of events but um, they streamed it online from its HQ over east and, and one of the films this year was The Hidden Life of Trees like after the book the guy who wrote the book Peter Bolivin Um, and it's it's an extraordinary documentary. It's an extraordinary book, but I'd never actually I hadn't read it. I'm sort of yeah, yeah. meaning to, and yeah. and even another friend, Monica Galliano, wrote a book. Um, I can't remember the title of it. On plant consciousness. I mean, this is now a a very well recognised thing in Western science, yeah. and becoming more commonly understood in Western culture. Mm. That. A, the trees commune, feel, communicate mm. amongst themselves. But B, their, their lives are not sustained in themselves or by direct photosynthesis as we might have, as we did conceptualize all this in the West. Rather through the intricate networks, mycelial networks mm. in the soil. And you, if you took out the bits in between, we were talking before about systems thinking, and that mm. actually refers to between the systems, 
yes. rather than the systems themselves, um, that there's a representation of it right there. The tree would be nothing without the bits in between. Um, and in that sense, the consciousness in trees, mm. which we haven't been brought up with, yeah, let's say that, um, isn't just in that tree. But then by extension, not just in you, not just in me, and not just, you mm. know. So relative to that, it's the same bloody network it is that's connecting us to that tree out there and you to those trees there as you to me and to everything else mm. how wonderful is that takes the pressure off don't you reckon it, it does you don't have to be a hero yes <laughs> don't have to run around but also you can't run away yes you can't <laughs> you're still in it yeah 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 hope like is that, waiting for you like that optimal conflict yeah, isn't it's it right on, right on. Behind yeah, you. yeah 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 you got to face it and you got to grow up you know all these themes yeah they, they're, they're good metaphors for it. And you can try and sweep it under the carpet. But no. Not for but, but ultimately, then why would you then? So yeah. this is the thing. Once you break through. But, you know, I, I remember too well being a very depressed, probably angry first and then depressed um, younger guy, oblivious to, like utterly oblivious to all this mm. because of the upbringing, nature of the upbringing. I'd seen the lack of sense. Mm. When you say nature of upbringing, with. you mean... So the way, the way that I was brought up, right? Yep. So church as it was happening didn't make much sense. Yeah. Family as it was happening didn't make much sense. Which of course I've reconciled since because how is a kid in boarding school at age four ever going to know what family is? Like, <laughs> it's impossible. Let alone how brutal boarding school was. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, this is said with complete understand. Well, complete a lot of understanding and compassion now. Hmm. Um, but at the time, it was just a dark pit because you knew that didn't make sense. What the hell does? So, but, you know, here I am today and I can well remember when it wasn't so clear or inviting. Oh, yes. Mm. Yeah. That felt alone. Yes. Couldn't find home. And I've... I've been exploring... Uh, a, a documentary series by uh, a creator that I really enjoy, Adam Curtis. Yeah, yeah. And he's put one out recently called Can't Get You Out of My Head. Have you been through it? No, I've just heard it. Heard but it. there's a real... It extends the things that were on in the century of the self about... It's almost as if... It's almost as if I think we might have gone just that bit too far with our focus on individualism. <laughs> to, to say <laughs> the least. <laughs> but that's the but invitation, right? But that, we but can then, change. But then, well, here we go. Just as the subject becomes the object so you can look at it, and we have probably evolved out I'm not going to say out of nature because we never evolved out of it, but our perspective has evolved out of it right into this individual who feels somewhat fanny slapped if my coffee's not warm enough. <laughs> <laughs> right. I can top you up with hot that's, water. No, again. that's fine. Uh, that's the best thing that came to mind at that point. Yet, yet we are... Yet we are still part of the subject and the object. 
mm. was that the concept had been in, introduced to recently. We we are we are actually part of the the, the transject. Mm, there you go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and it's it's so it's looking at that the 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 how far we focused on individualism and everything else that's come with that mm. consumerism, yeah, yeah, even democracy, um, totally compared to our collective focus, mm. but then even our integrated focus. Mm. That's right, but you know. By the same token, and I think this is important too, mm. it's not, like, I don't want to be seen as cursing everything that's gone before. No. I mean, your podcasts have well shown, as so much else has, and my life is a case in point as well, that what was so tough earlier has opened the door yes. to the gifts today. Yeah. So it's not that you want to be, be free of that stuff or then deny it or just think that was rubbish, shouldn't have happened, shouldn't happen again for anyone else. Rah, rah. Mm. Um, same with society though. So our individualistic, you know, yes. fervor for, yeah. for an epoch or an era mm. um, brought things that I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot more sensitivity in the world. Exactly. There's, there's a lot greater sense of... Um, Trauma inflicted upon us. Yes. Um, and, you know, inequality. Yes. But then there's also the romance of the troubadours. It's from the same tradition. Exactly. Um, there's the, the opportunity I had to, um, of, like having been saved from the pit of despair <laughs> by luck, and ideally that wouldn't be left to luck, but yeah. then having been saved from the pit of despair, having the lights come back on, seeing possibility, to be able to then follow that of mm. my own accord, mm. which, you know, arguably I'm still doing. Mm. Um, that, there's a freedom in that that I value, and I like to think it's bringing value to the whole. Mm. So it's just to say that, you know... It's not to throw the baby out with the bathwater, I guess, is probably the throw, no, isn't it? No, because that's, yeah. that's the easy thing. I mean, yeah. you know, we get, we get um, let's take a great example, you know, you could have been pulled into going to church all the time, and then you get to that point of, like, church is shit, I'm throwing it out. But there's a lot of cool things to go with the process of going to church. Community, exactly. connection with something bigger than yourself. Right on. And, and that others because I don't find that in the church now. I mean, probably too burned, you know. Certainly in spiritual traditions, and I still, and when I say that, I'm, I will still communicate with people mm. in, in the Catholic church I was brought up with and, and other churches and other Eastern spiritual traditions and so forth. So I sort of, you know, feel connected with them all in a way today. But I guess the most important thing related to what you're saying, is that there's a respect for people who choose one. Yes. So it doesn't diminish that respect or the mm. value or the meaning in that for them. And I still like to think for all of us, like if, if the dogmatism and the, um, yeah, I guess that's what it is, isn't it? When you think yours is the way and someone else's isn't, um, if, if we could leave that, you know. Yes. But then that's still the same mindset. Soften that out of it. Individualistic mindset taken to a tribe, basically. This is my tribe's actually the one. Yours yeah. isn't. Um, 
again, just dropping that and, and coming back home. Mm, coming um, back home. Then whichever home you set up for yourself, beautiful. Make, mm. make it nice. I'd love to visit on occasion. Mm. Do you want a top up, by the way? I would love a top up, thank you. Um, one of the things that I alluded to earlier on about speaking French to German people as I was coming into my own understanding of how I was seeing things from an integrative, system, systematic perspective. Um, It's kind of easy when you do something like a podcast because you meet one person who then introduces you to another person and you have one conversation at least to another podcast, another conversation and then without realizing it despite the fact you've done this brave thing to break out of your eco cha- echo chamber you now find yourself in another echo chamber and you don't even realize it because the thing that yeah. oh well that's it lasting change you lasting. don't want lasting change <laughs> lasting change i love that don't do it you don't want lasting change um, so I guess where I'm getting to is, is that, so it would be easy for me at, at times to go, oh, everyone's switching onto this stuff, mm, right? systematic, yeah, yeah. but it's not the case. Yeah. But is it the case? Maybe. I mean, this is the value of, as Tyson Yunker Porter puts mm. it, um, he, he sort of just quips against that Tim Leary saying, find the others, like just stick to the others. Uh, And he means other others, not the ones like you. And Mm. that's where he says he spends most of his time now. Make sure you're with people not like you. Yes. Um, And that's the wilderness right there. Um, And that means breaking out of the algorithm that's sending you the stuff that you enjoy. Geez, underline, underline bold. We could follow that thread a little more if you want to, but for for the just for the moment, um, you know, your podcast is called WA Real, and really, that it's a good tradition of that podcasting line that you've come out of that you've applied it here. For me, and for the, I guess, the learning that I've accrued in more recent times, it's. It's to get real. Mm. And when I say get real, I mean as much. And my, you know, the podcast I host really took legs because of this, where a few years ago, my family and I decided to go around the country and get to know my place, our place, this country, more, much more than we had. I mean, I'd travelled, but I'd not gone out to meet people who were out on the country wherever I went. Um, farmers, pastoralists, First Nations, business people, writers, sociologists, famous, not famous, um, mm. elders, young people, like the gamut and get to really get to know our country and the people on it. And that feeds the best of what you're talking about, I think, mm. where then you're not in your own bubble. You're not even exposed to the algorithms for a start yeah for a start yeah and then you are with people in communities whoever they are bad luck if you can't find anyone you know, <laughs> like you bad luck um but again such richness and what i found out there all the more was the richness that's turning 
things around, turning problems around, like regenerating landscapes and and First Nations bringing their bringing their um, communities into back home. Let's say you know yeah, yeah. his words. Um, and and creating their own paths and telling their own stories anew, and we're now the beneficiaries of being able to hear those stories the way they, you know, not through colonial lenses, um, which also then tell us about the land in turn. I mean, the, there's the whole picture of why why country, land, real life, mm. trees is so important, and the people that tend the places are so important to everything and why you know my previous work which is perhaps more focused in an urban setting wasn't enough Mm. Um, in the words of alan savory there can be no sustainable business if agriculture is not sustainable for example and in wa where the majority of our space is agriculture of one form or another, let alone then the the reserves that abut those spaces, you've got a you've got a landscape out there that's in extremely poor condition, and that's in us, the so-called developed country. Yeah, that needs people back on country to be caring for mm. it. Where it's happening and working is to behold. It's incredible and it's beautiful. And it's part of communities where it's full of trial and tribulation. Mm. So there's your, there's your way in to connect to what people are grappling with and to a, to a picture of the world that's not going to be so slanted in one particular way, be it exciting or not. You know, even if it's the disastrous bloody news you get it's not slanted that way either like no get just the closer we can get to real is. life and the people in it the better i think i think that's a key aspect to mm. what we're what we're um they'll keep part of the invitation let's put it that way mm. Mm. i think um i was asked a long time ago what does the real <laughs> yeah yeah in wa real and my response was there's nothing more real than an ending and often what I end up talking, talking to people about is the ending of a story or the ending mm. of a, a way of thinking or being. And so what I got from listening to you there was it was like these layers of, of stuff then are ending by the pursuit of going to talk to other people and that then they are now starting to understand their responsibility for the land and tending to the land and and like you said there is no business if there is no sustainable agriculture and and it's slowly but surely the ending of those stories that took us away from that took us off on a game of hide and seek with ourselves and yeah i think it's like that i think it's a penny's just dropped for me there in mm. that that's very much what i pursue mm. yeah really interesting yeah and <clears throat> you know 
there's so many ways that what everything we've talked about here is just constant ending. Yeah. And constant beginnings. Mm. And great. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And at the macro level as well, it can be good. Like this could be really good to mm. let this thing that's overcooked yeah. just end. Yeah. Yeah. And rebirth into something else. Yeah. It's the invitation again. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and rebirth. Well, that's it. I the think. Renaissance. The worry or the concern that I have is that in that, you know, for me, it feels like bigger, bigger systems are showing themselves to be creaking mm. now. You know, let's have a chat about national debt levels. Yeah. Let's have a chat about, you know, what's going on in the bond market and what that'll do to inflation and yes. then the debt levels and et cetera. And, um, Let's talk about the fact, you know, we could talk about the fact that Western Australia has just voted itself into a dictatorship. <laughs> um, yeah. But I wouldn't say that, by the way. No. Mm. But um, but I've, outright majority, certainly, you, yeah, which has its... That's the lens, definitely. right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not being all yeah. revolution, I'm just observing. Yes, yes. Um, I've stumped myself now. What was this? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. Given we've stumped it, it'll come back to you. Yeah, let, yeah. let me just comment on the democracy dictatorship thing. Yeah. So, ah, oh, you've got it. <laughs> as these things come to their, their, um, what second law of thermodynamics, <laughs> closed systems will always entropy after a period of time. Yes. You know, sometimes you don't have to do anything. They'll do it in and of themselves. Yes. But then we get back to the um, the nervous system example that I gave you earlier on, is that that can be yeah, yeah. quite confronting. Yeah. So then what do we want to do when things are confronting and they're out of control? We want to regain control because that will abate our nervous system. So then we go and create some, we go and, Let's not create, let's manufacture something as opposed to, you mentioned rebirth or mm, allow yeah, something yeah. to emerge. Yeah, no, really important. So, and it's such a fine point that a lot of people. Oh, just, well, let's make it less fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, this is great. This gives me license to say yeah. <laughs> the word solutions. Yeah. Oh, gives you the shits. I'm so. <laughs> I'm so backwards in coming forward. So I'm just going to use this particular moment because it's arrived there. It's immersed yeah. in it to just solutions. I'm so gentle on it usually because it's people trying to be positive and that's awesome. And there are ways to regenerate life on the planet and in ourselves. It, it's happening everywhere. The yeah. opportunity is for more of us to, to jump in on it. There's no question of those things, but they're not solutions. And I say that because it's akin to the linearized mechanistic western enlightenment understanding of the world where you it's the fix problem fix yes. solution so what if it's more about the interconnected in between um in which you create conditions hmm. that then from which emerge i mean this is all the frame you're bringing up from which emerge better outcomes yes but you're tending conditions you're not saying i'm going to do this to end up with that because you yeah, don't know yeah, yeah. that's yeah. not the way life yeah, works yeah, yeah. it's not the way the world works 
Um, it's like I haven't come here today, like I haven't come here with like a bajillion right. questions. I've come that's here right. with an opener. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, what if we get more comfortable with dissolutions? We're literally dissolutions. You set conditions to dissolve mm. the problems because you're going to create conditions that generate are generative of more like where we want to go together. But so it's a massive thing. But yeah, we don't have to make too fine a point of it, I don't think. It's, no. it's actually just the, not the way the world works. And Tyson will slam this down, you know, saying, oh, you're a bloody idiot, he'll say. You yeah. Know? Uh, it's not the way the world works. So let's get, I mean, that's true. That's in a sense what yeah. we're trying to depart from. What we're trying to learn was some of the problem with what we, where we went as a Western culture. Yes. We need to grow up from, transcend, take with us, sure, have it in the kit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we but still want to take transcend. things like penicillin and exactly. the ability to bolt my leg together if well I snap said. it into pieces. Yeah, well said. Yep. And then have those mechanistic things available, solutions available to us. Correct. But but understand that's not how the world works as a whole. It's certainly not it's certainly not what's gonna prevent you going into hospitals and other institutions in the first place. No. Creating healthy environments and, mm. and homes that make you healthier by definition so you don't need healthcare systems. I mean, these are the things. Yeah. You dissolve the need for the stuff that looks like we need more funding for in many cases. Yes. Just, actually, yeah. just stop. Just get rid of it. <laughs> just stop causing the problem. Take the cause away. Correct. As my old mentor used to say. So, so yeah, in that sense, we can make it a really quite a, um, a forceful point that, that that's what we're trying to depart from. We're trying to get to yes. the in-between and the conditions base yes. out of which healthier, more prosperous, you know, regenerating life mm. um, kicks back in. You know, its own forces kick back in and we're part of the thing again and we don't have to worry about how do we fertilize this bloody paddock because it's dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that it actually does the work. For us in many respects. Yeah. Again, like it used to. Yeah. Mm. And there's a metaphor, I reckon, for everything. Yeah. For I mean, that's life. So, of course, it's a metaphor for everything. It's, yeah. I think that was one of the most um, confusing moments for me when I started a bit of work into horticulture to realise that most growers were growing vegetables. Hmm and not cultivating land upon which vegetables were growing. Beautiful, yeah, great and I was And I was like, but surely, and then finding out that some crops would deplete a land in five years time, and I was like, well, what are you gonna do in five years time? And it's like, I'll worry about that when, Fix I, it. I'll worry about that when I get there. Yeah, it's right. like, oh, that's not a solution. Yeah. Um, I think in what we were just talking about though, this is one of the things I've been wrestling to even describe and articulate is that our sort of definition of an expert is someone who's reduced something. Yeah. Right down. Whether, whether because they've studied it or whether they've done that to be perceived as an expert whatever <laughs> it is a word isn't yeah, it? it is a word yeah. it is a word and and we could talk I don't about, use it yeah we could use expert for a long time but anyway you get these almost reduced nodes of information yes uh, 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 nodes of reduced information yep. right 
which we perceive to be an expert because you know, you've gone really deep into this thing. I think we need to recognize that there is also um, the connector expert so that we can pull a bunch of, you know, he's an expert on this and this and this and this, yet these guys here are experts at weaving that together mm. and, and seeing, seeing, oh, there's a bit there and there's a bit there and there's a bit there and there's a bit mm. there. You know, I've got a podcast coming up in a couple of weeks time with a guy from Seattle who's um, leading edge trainer of Olympic athletes and mm. he's been the biggest advocate of looking at uh, measuring our heart rate variability for, for 20 odd years now. But I want to talk to him about um, higher heart rate variability means that I'm engaging my parasympathetic nervous system more, which means that I'm more open to stuff. So it's not just about, can I maximize my recovery so I can press more in the gym, so to speak. It's kind of do this. So over here in life, <laughs> yeah, nice. I'm more open and I can be in these, you know. So it's, it's that sort of, mm. so it's the role of the meta. Well, it is, exactly. Isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Which yeah. is kind of half, well, where we started. Yeah, well, that's, that's right. No, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, and but now, seeing that beautiful. as an expert. Yeah, it's beautiful. And Nora Bateson's got some bloody awesome stories from... There's this one particular story which I actually can't bloody... I have to get it back on the podcast to just even just tell this one story, right. which I can't remember the details of. It was basically a, a clinic in Italy that called her up and said, we've been practising, you know, systems thinking, your dad's work and rah-rah. And she's like, oh, not another one that's going to think they've got it, but they don't got it, you know. Yeah. And you've got to go there half with a cringe and think, what am I going to say when I realise they're doing something different? Because, you know, it's in a lab and everything. and um, But they they'd actually... It nailed, they'd nailed it in a way that she'd rarely seen and it was with a particular treatment and if I could remember it, it'd really bring that thing home but yeah. you may even talk to her before I do about it and get the story more widely told but basically they found a way of treating um, serious physical injury which then related to neurological because it was like either movement of limbs or sensory mm. um, abilities of limbs that were shot and and we're finding a way to trigger healing properties in the body that overcame these extraordinary things by going nowhere near the limb in question. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that was the broad punchline to it. Yeah. It, it, and it's the same with landscapes and people and like all the issues we're facing. So it's not, you know, climate needs renewables. I mean, yes, it does. Yeah. But it's, it's not, not the A fix. equals B. No, it's not. And it, and in fact, renewables could take us straight over the cliff mm. twice as fast because we'll go like gangbusters to create renewables and mm. keep our fossil fuels and that's sort of the pattern we've been on. It mm. might be starting to change now, hopefully. But, but it needs to change. We need to keep a holistic perspective mm. um, to be able to, yeah, create the conditions for life's self-regulating systems to kick back in. Yes. And and be part of that family mm. again. Yeah. Where in Western Australia are you seeing the leading edge of that thinking? Everywhere. This is the thing. Like once right. you open the bloody yeah. can, <laughs> get the earthworms come out. <laughs> um, 
Mate, it's been incredible. I mean, this is what I found myself in and how the podcast is sort of, I'm saying to someone, maybe even a guest last year, it's become its own thing. Like now it's a, it's a thing and I yeah, yeah. follow it. Um, the trail of inquiry that you're yeah. a passenger on. And I just, I mean, now it's emergent right? yeah. in that language and, and I'm a conduit. I mean, this is the language you used to use as musos as well. Like, Really? You're just, yeah. you're channeling, you know? And, and yeah. in fact... I remember one night still where a, a bloke, yeah, yeah a, a bloke, you're a conduit right, yeah. to, to stuff. You're not making the music. You're just a yeah. conduit to it. it. And, and geez, that felt good as a muso to actually understand that. Because yeah. it, it really did, like it was transcendent. Mm. It was beautiful rather than you just plucking some strings. You know? Yeah. And being in a band then, you know, yeah. you really, um, and I remember watching a bass player in another band who played out of his skin one night. We said to him afterwards, what's going on? He said, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And even playing cricket, I remember I took a catch one time as a 16-year-old in cricket. I just felt the ball I'd sort of clap my hand, but I didn't know what was going on. I, yeah. I couldn't have caught it if I was consciously in the moment. Like, just that conduit metaphor is actually quite a lovely and pretty accurate yeah. type of thing to consider. It, it, it is, and it, A, knocks out the hubris, and B, takes out a lot of the anxiety as well. Well, that's the, the performance anxiety. Exactly. Right on. You know. and, and that you don't go and force that performance. You don't go on stage and think, better start rocking it straight away. Yeah, better get it. And then do it. Or a podcast. Yeah. Better be done in 30 so minutes. One of the, it's, <laughs> it's one of the lesser known things. Um, I've been pretty transparent on the podcast journey about different things that I've done in and around the podcast that's been provoked by it. But one of the lesser known things was... I've actually had two channels on the podcast, right? And one of the ladies, um, when was it? 2018, uh, for a bunch of reasons which I won't bore you with right now, I just felt urged. Uh, so she put a little advert up in, in on her Facebook page and I rang her up and went, right, let's learn how to do this. Hmm. So I spent four weeks, no, six weeks it was, Went to our house every Thursday morning, I think it was, Wednesday afternoon, and, and we spent an hour and a half and just more of let go, let go, be all right with channeling stuff. And, and, and you know, I didn't suddenly just become like the person who sits around the table who can, you know, bring Auntie Ethel in or something like that. It certainly wasn't that. And, and, it, and it certainly wasn't, wasn't thought it was where, you, you know, you watch some of these you know, you go on YouTube and you can see who's the one, Abraham Hicks or someone like this is a lady who's made millions out of channeling stuff. Mm. But what I did notice was that I just started to trust myself more and I allowed myself to do more. Um, and the podcast started to change. That's mm. when I started to move to, let's just see what's gonna happen. Interesting. Really good, really good. Yeah, you, you um. So it's allowing that emergent thing it is. to arise. And that's what's, you know, to, to, I guess to get back, to give you a bit more of a direct answer to your question about what stood out around WA, mm. that's where things are happening that are standing out to me, whether they be a cattle station in the Kimberley that was a dust bowl, like forsaken. Utterly abandoned. Southern mm. part of Alquestra, which many people might know on the Gibb River Road. Um, massive, almost like the Disneyland. I don't know if that's unfair, but almost like the Disneyland of, 
of stations up in the Kimberley in El Questro. And, uh, and the southern part was sold off to this, this bloke and all this family, budding family, and, and it was shot, like where there was water. Mm. I mean, there was still a bit, enough for them to go, we can do this, but pretty much a dust bowl. And to look at it now, wow. And not only that, but with methods now that are increasingly common around the country and around the world now, mm. that holistic methods that are bringing country back in really, like, it's remarkable time. Not, yeah. that, not that rapidity would be the defining characteristic. I mean, it's just life coming back, but, but it's fast too as it happens. What do you know? Yeah. So that's pretty hopeful. And then whether it's down to, you know, the restoration stuff happening down south with Gondwana Link, which was just on the regeneration, where it's a thousand kilometre stretch of country down south. So pretty mm. much the south part of WA, massive swathe of country where they're connecting farmers, miners, First Nations, um, uh, investors, community groups, conservation groups, communities, uh, so funded philanthropists, like the whole kit, just again creating the conditions, linking up hmm. this whole sort of thing out of which they're reconnecting landscapes so they're not just sort of fragments of an old ecosystem, they're hmm. actually functioning ecosystems inside of which we'd have farming happen where it should in the way it should and much better than it has been that go to salt and communities disappearing and so forth. So turning that around too, and again in a remarkably short time in a way. Mm. And when you talk about turning around First Nations colonial relations in a remarkably short time, that's isn't that an achievement in itself? Yes. And then of yeah, course what they're doing so. now with their recovered landscapes and that they have control of those to be able to conduct their own education mm. processes and enterprises out of which is still seriously problematic with native title and so forth that they can't do anything with their space because mm. they don't own it in the way that you know we recognize etc um so huge stuff happening in remarkably short time frames on the back of trust connection reconnection re um, relationship and i mean across the spectrum there amongst people across cultures with landscapes, with animals, um, and just getting better at sensing mm. the way forward, getting better at not reacting to triggers, whatever triggers they are, your own fears, someone's, someone's view on one particular thing, like just not, don't yeah. get taken away by that, stick together, be gentle, um, mm. and, and, it just it creates the space, it creates the conditions. So that's what stood out to me around WA, where the stuff that you'll see actually happening that looks extraordinary, but in another respect is just life happening again. Yes. But in some ways extraordinary because of what's black magic done to the place. <laughs> no, that's right. Very important point. Totally yeah. available to us all. Yeah. If we can just keep practicing that art, which is what I'm practicing. I mean, I'm no, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm right in there with everybody else, trying to trying to figure it out and trying to do a better job at it. But I guess to touch off on something else you were alluding to earlier, the 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 people who are playing more of that role mm. includes people down at that. I mean, that Gondwana Link project. It's a whole bunch of projects, really, mm. but they're playing that overarching connector role. And, and arguably, you know, folk like us are 
playing a little role amongst the team as well in those sorts of ways. Mm. And, and I know others are as well. You know, they're not on a payroll of anyone in particular. Um, they hope they're sort of working at an emerging livelihood in that sense. Mm. Um, as the emerging economy, if you like, uh, comes on as well. But just on that, by the way, we didn't even use the word economy before the Second World War. So no. I'd like to get back to society, actually, or something more like that. Yes. You know, just talk about what it is. Yeah. Not this abstraction of... It's interesting, that. Yeah, yeah, anyway. We didn't use the word risk much until the 80s. Bang. Yeah, nice point. So there's something there to keep us grounded in what really... What is the real world Yeah. that we are What's needing the to the stories connect of... with? Separated. Peel that back. And that's where the language is important. And of course, where languages, including First Nations, are so important, not just for them, but for us. Mm. Yeah. And what a, again, what a beautiful opportunity to turn that around, that we would have still hundreds of languages available on this continent for all of us. Mm. Wow. And pity we sort of, you know, put such a dent in them. I mean, pity. Mm. Again, underlined, but but where we go from today, and you know some of the stuff happening down south on language reclamation, extraordinary. Kim, yeah. Kim Scott and the Wheelerman Languages Project, right? Oh, blow your mind, and what it's doing for communities then, in terms of not just their healing, but then their reconnection with country that may have had massacre on it or so forth. Yeah, um, enabling them to reconnect with that country they haven't been able to do. I mean, again, I don't want to idealise it. I mean, imagine how fraud that is. It's a (laughs) processes on processes, but wow, at the same time. At least you're going there. You're going there and it's powerful and you know it's going home. Yes. So you know it's the right direction. And and that that matters so much to Mm. all of us as we try and find our way, not only Mm. to that sort of, I guess, um, spirit camp sort of home to use Tyson's language yeah. again but but um, but to the literal sense of what does it mean to live in Australia you know that Europeans yeah. and now obviously Asians and everybody else are trying to come to terms with yeah this different continent that burns and now floods you know like it's hasn't known for some time mm. Mm. do you think there's anything else we should talk about or we... it feels like it mm. feels like a good full circle it does, doesn't it? Yes. It does. So the last question I do all ask right. all my guests is if we can, and it's the hypothetical question which I enjoy finishing on, is if we could just chill everyone out to sit still for five or ten minutes and consider one question which mm. you upload into the collective consciousness, mm. what would that be? Yeah, yeah. Well, if we take this motif from Archie Roche, that the elders in the land is waiting for us to come home. Mm. The question would be for, for people, where would you go? And what would you do to tend that place? Mm. It's a question for me, anyway. What would you do to tend that place? Mm. Care for country. That's beautiful. Because if there's one thing I'm quite sensitive about at the moment, is that it seems that 
we're pulled so much into the present that we're ignoring our past and have little vision of our future. Mm. There's more and more. So to consider where would you go and how would you tend it, it starts to paint that vision. Right on, yeah. Yep. And and connect you mm. to everything that's made that place. That old fire pit everywhere. Mm. Who knows how many tens of thousands of years ultimately mm. that this particular landscape, let alone the billions that WA, the land has existed. Mm. Billions we're standing on. What's crossed your front doorstep? <laughs> My front doorstep, I'll put it. What is, yeah, this is, these are the, I mean, that's beautiful, isn't it? That you could be connected to that mm. deep time and, and to a vision of the future. Yeah. That's more of our making of, in terms of what really counts, mm. not just where we're getting taken by, yeah, systems and lenses that really need to shift, but hanging on for that last moment in the sun or mm. under clouds as they might be at the moment with federal politics, for example. But mm. Yeah, no, there's a beautiful thing on offer here. There is. Yeah. I've really enjoyed this. Me too, mate. Thanks for coming up. Thank you very much. My pleasure. If people want to find you? Well, it's either regeneration.com, spelled regeneration, as in story or yeah. changing the story, or wherever you find your podcasts, The Regeneration. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Bryn. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Beautiful. <laughs>